Hey, good morning. I'm Rachel Bade. It's Monday, April 17th. Congress is back in session today, and pardon my French, but damn, there is a lot of shit happening. I'm going to start in the Senate. Is Senator Dianne Feinstein's career over? That's probably the number one question facing the Senate. Following calls for DiFi to resign amid her two-month-long absence, the California Democrat last week agreed that she would step down from the Senate Judiciary Committee so that Democrats could continue to confirm judges. The thinking behind that was that it would buy some time for her and basically stave off an avalanche of Democrats calling for her to resign for the good of the party. The one problem with that is that Republicans are going to need to sign off on this swap, and it's not looking pretty at this point. One senior Republican aide told me yesterday that this is, quote, complicated, even for Republicans. On the one hand, Dai-Fi is a longtime and well-respected colleague who has spent more than 30 years in the chamber. But on the other hand, Republicans are loath to be accused of helping a Democratic White House confirm liberal judges. In fact, this morning, we can already rule out Democrats receiving unanimous consent to make this change. Senator Tom Cotton over the weekend tweeted that, quote, Republicans should not assist Democrats in confirming Joe Biden's most radical nominees to the courts. His office confirmed to me last night that he will likely object to any UC request. That means Chuck Schumer is going to need 10 Senate Republicans, basically 60 Senate votes, to make this change officially happen. Everybody is going to be watching one person, Mitch McConnell. I called a number of McConnell allies over the weekend, and most of them predicted that McConnell would probably balk at this idea of an exchange, but they weren't certain. But even if Democrats are able to offer McConnell some sort of sweetener that gets him to yes on this exchange and, in return, nine other Senate Republicans to make it happen, it still looks like DiFi is in trouble. Yesterday, my ears kind of perked up when I heard Senator Amy Klobuchar basically give DiFi a deadline for returning to the Senate. She basically said she needs to return by the time Democrats are dealing with a debt ceiling, which is going to be later this summer. She said right now, she says she's going to return. It sure better happen before the next debt ceiling vote. There's also this uglier sort of unspoken reality hanging over all of this. I mean, obviously, Democrats won't say this publicly, but privately, they have really seen her decline over the years. I mean, DiFi was reported not to be able to recognize some colleagues that she has worked with for years. They also say she's recounted the same conversations to people over and over again, and Democrats have privately questioned for at least a year now whether she can really do the job. Now over to New York, where Speaker Kevin McCarthy is going to be giving a speech at 10 a.m. to the New York Stock Exchange. He's going to be talking about debt ceiling negotiations and specifically why he thinks any debt ceiling increase needs to be paired with spending cuts. Uh, This comes as McCarthy has a tentative outline for a Republican bill that he's hoping to bring to the floor of the House within the next month to raise the debt ceiling until May 2024 in return for spending caps, slower spending growth, rolling back student debt relief and regulations, and boosting energy production, among a number of other conservative red meat issues. I'm hearing that over the weekend, the GOP whip team was working the phones, and one person close to that team told me they're feeling optimistic. But it's still really an open question about whether GOP leaders can get 218 Republican votes to pass a bill, especially given that a host of Republicans in the chamber right now have never voted for a debt ceiling. Good luck, Kevin McCarthy.
Ahead of the address, McCarthy has sort of been comparing his New York Stock Exchange speech to one President Ronald Reagan made in 1985, where he laid out this vision to grow the country's economy. But last night, talking to Playbook, the White House was pouring cold water all over this McCarthy comparison. They noted that Reagan actually said debt ceiling brinksmanship, quote, threatens the holders of government bonds and those who rely on Social Security and veterans benefits. He predicted that interest rates would skyrocket and instability would occur in financial markets. So we'll see how uh, McCarthy squares that circle. The same White House official pointed out that Trump also shunned the idea of using the debt ceiling as a hostage-taking tool, saying, I quote, can't imagine anybody ever doing that. A bit of a White House download on this. The White House is basically doubling down on this position that Republicans just need to swallow a clean debt ceiling increase. And they're particularly adamant about that because Republicans haven't even passed a debt ceiling bill and can't seem to unify behind one proposal. And one more dynamic to keep an eye on. Republicans in the hot seat. I'm willing to bet that a lot of GOP lawmakers are thanking their lucky stars that they were not in town over the past two weeks. There have been a lot of tough headlines for the GOP, and since they're not here, they didn't have to weigh in. Well, now that they're back, reporters are going to be chasing them up and down the hallways, trying to get them to comment on a host of issues, including Marjorie Taylor Greene sympathizing with the guy who stole classified documents and leaked them all over the internet. Tennessee Republicans kicking out two black lawmakers for protesting gun violence while allowing a white protesting lawmaker to keep her seat. Kevin McCarthy trash-talking his own budget chairman, Jody Arrington. Donald Trump suggesting that Congress should defund the Justice Department or, quote, defund the police. And don't forget the bevy of scandals surrounding Clarence Thomas, the Supreme Court justice that a lot of Senate Republicans like. If you're a GOP lawmaker, you should probably wear tennis shoes, but you won't outrun us, so maybe you shouldn't try. For an expanded schedule of everything happening in D.C. today and more reporting, check out Politico this morning at politico.com slash playbook. I'm Rachel Bade. Thanks for listening.